0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: This joy in the Lord, the joy of the Lord that Nehemiah 8.11 says is our strength. It is the joy of the Lord that's our strength. I was thinking about this, that, you know, when Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, what does he want to steal from us? He wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal our hope. That's what he wants to rob us of because he knows that the joy of the Lord is our strength and he wants to weaken us. So how's he going to weaken us? By stealing our joy.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Many people find their happiness in earthly things that won't last. Pastor J.D. talks to us today about how the joy of the Lord is is our strength the devil through people as well as in our own minds will try to lessen our joy and take it away don't let him that joy you find in jesus is the strongest thing you'll ever know now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast subscribe to the in spirit and truth podcast or download the in spirit and truth iphone or android mobile app but for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 14 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: I think about Greg Glory. probably one of the most, you know, well-known and uh, in fact, Billy Graham, before he went home to be with the Lord, told Greg Glory that he believes that Greg Glory is the best evangelist alive today. Man, when Billy Graham tells you that, if if I'm Greg Glory, which is why God would never allow anything like that to happen to me, and Billy Graham said that to me about like, oh really? <laughs> never mind. So I I think he's right. Do you know how much criticism there is of Greg Glory and his crusades and festivals? And think about how many people have come into the kingdom because of that ministry. Someone willing to take a risk, and he even shares the, the stories about early on how they were renting these stadiums. And, and you know, he's thinking to himself, what if nobody comes? <laughs> and you're taking this risk, and you're going to make mistakes. But you learn from those mistakes. You're going to mess up. And again, I'm not talking about willful sin and disobedience. I'm talking about with the productiveness comes the mess. I'm really convinced and I, I see it in my life and in my ministry that absent the mess, there's no hope of productiveness. And that rhymes, doesn't it? The mess comes packaged with the productiveness. And that's what I think this proverb is teaching. You want to play it safe, keep it all in order. Let's not, you know, ruffle any feathers. Let's not, you know, mess anything up. I mean, it's kind of nice and clean right there. Well, that's fine. You will never taste from the cup of the joy, (laughs) the unspeakable joy, the pure joy that comes when you see God do amazing things. Because you are willing to step out, I know it's going to, my stall's going to get messy. <laughs> I know I might mess up. I know I might make a mistake. But God, God is a big God. God desires to bring much increase. And it comes by the strength of the ox. But there's also what comes <laughs> from the ox is a Messy stall. It's not orderly and tidy. Now this also I think speaks to, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but maybe one last thing on this. I think it speaks to the matter of perfectionism. This is something that the Lord's been dealing with me on over the years. You know, I have these perfectionistic tendencies, and so... I just want everything to be boited, God ever. You know, it's, I'm one of those those people that, you know, that that there's that saying. You, I want to, I want all my ducks in a row. So here's all my ducks are in a row, right? And it's like God says, "Oh, I I see all your ducks are in a row. Yeah, isn't that cool? You Like how all my ducks are in a row?" <laughs> and God says, "Okay, my ducks are no longer in a row." you know what? I'm going to have to trust the Lord. Wow, what a novel idea. I think about when we first (laughs) acquired this property. Man, you want to talk about stepping out in faith and what came packaged with that. There was a point in the project, I'll never forget it, when I'm on the phone with Eric, and he's telling me, man, um, We really need to pray and fast, and we've got a tiger by the tail. We're at a very critical juncture in this project, and it's a mess. That was an understatement. It's a mess. And I just remember crying out to the Lord, saying, Okay, Lord, I mean, I know that without faith it's impossible to please you, which means that with faith it is possible to please you. I know you're pleased by our faith, and you know our hearts, and the way you're going to do this is going to be in such a fashion that only you will get all the glory. Even if we wanted to take credit for it, we couldn't. And God did it that way. But it came by the strength of an ox, and boy, you should have seen our stall during that time. (laughs) It was not (laughs) in order. Everything was in disarray. One of the things that the Lord is really teaching me is completion, not perfection. Completion, not perfection. You know, sometimes we, we won't set out to do something because uh, we have this perfectionistic tendency. And if it's not perfect, then we just don't do it at all. And that's, that's a big mistake. We're never going to know true perfection this side of heaven. So seek not perfection, rather seek completion. That has been so freeing to me in every aspect of my life. So, verse 5. A faithful witness does not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. I mean, just pour out lies. (laughs) The faithful witness... and. This can also relate to a courtroom setting. This is going to come up again in this uh, chapter, actually, a little bit later. But it kind of carries with it the idea of bearing false witness. You're testifying, and falsely testifying as a witness in that court case. And a faithful witness will not lie, but speak the truth, whereas a false witness, bearing false witness, will utter lies. Verse 6, a scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it, but knowledge is easy to him who understands. This is interesting. So why is it that the scoffer will seek wisdom, but never find it? Because wisdom comes from God, and they're a scoffer of God. And God is not mocked. And God is not scoffed. Don't think for a second that God will ever be mocked. You mock, but you will be mocked. You scoff. You, as a scoffer, are seeking wisdom which only comes from God. You're never going to fight it. You're scoffing the very God from whom you are seeking wisdom. You'll never get it. And then conversely, the, the righteous... It comes easy for one who understands. I think about what James said, that the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, and then easy to be entreated. That's the wisdom that comes from above. Full of mercy and good fruits without hypocrisy, bearing fruit unto righteousness. And again, James, the New Testament book, it's been likened unto the book of Proverbs in the New Testament. What the book of Proverbs is to the Old Testament, the book of James is to the New Testament. And you have this contrast in the book of James, the wisdom that comes from below and the wisdom that comes from above. And it's actually a very good template if you're in the process of making a very important life decision. And you're seeking the wisdom. God, what is your will? I need wisdom in this decision. Well, take that decision-making process, and superimpose it upon the template of God's Word, particularly in James, and measure it, something else I want to talk about as we get towards the end, but measure it against the template of God's Word. Uh, Does this look like the wisdom that's from above? Are my motives pure? Is there a peace about it? Or does it look more like the worldly wisdom that's selfish and sensual, and there's the list there, and it kind of looks more like it fits that template more than it does this one, and this is the wisdom that's from above, and this is the wisdom that is from the world. Well, there's your answer. Verse 7, I like this one. Go from the presence of a foolish man, when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. What this Proverbs is saying is, okay, you're in this conversation, and you're listening to this person, you're thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, (laughs) this this is going nowhere. Or how about this, you're sharing the gospel with them, and you're not getting anywhere. I mean, you're coming up against a brick wall. I mean, they are a know-it-all, and you perceive in them no wisdom, no knowledge, get away end the conversation. Walk away. There are some times when you're in the presence of someone who is foolish. The best thing you can do is remove yourself. Walk away from that conversation. Bring it to an end. Especially when you're sharing the gospel or answering a question. This is something that has served me well over the years. I have to discern Are they looking for an answer or for an argument? If they're looking for an answer, hey, I'll take as much time as we need. And I will give to them an answer of that hope that lies within me. But if they're not looking for an answer, and you'll find out, and God will give you the discernment, they're not looking for an answer, they're looking for an argument. That's it. You know what? I don't want to sound mean, but Jesus said, just shake the sand off your slippers. (laughs) And move on man. Don't waste your time. Go from the presence of this foolish man. Verse 8, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. In other words, the one who is wise is also the one who is prudent and understands, but contrasted with the Fool, the folly of fools, is deceit. Think this through with me. You know, you can be so good and get so good at deceit, you can actually deceive yourselves. Do you believe that? You can get so good at lying that you start believing your own lies. I mean, (laughs) mean, when you do that over an elongated period of time, it just almost becomes second nature. You can get really good at it. They call it being self-deceived. When you have just been so deceitful that you, because of that, are the one that becomes victim to your own deceit. The deceiver becomes the deceived. That's what this proverb is saying. Verse 9, fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. You know, I'm getting better. I've come a long ways. I should say God has brought me a long ways. I don't react as I used to when I hear the absurdity of the fool who mocks at sin and calls evil good and good evil. Isaiah says there's a curse upon those who call evil good and good evil. This is going to again come up. It's a recurring theme throughout the Proverbs that righteousness exalts a nation. We'll see it again in chapter 14. Righteousness exalts a nation. I mean we live in a nation today where there is just a mockery at what God Call sin what Jesus died for as sin. And they make a mockery of it. And they mock the righteous too, by the way. I mean, we're the laughing stock of the fool. We'll get the last laugh, the laughs on them, the jokes on them in the end. But I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I heard a, a statement again, I'm, I'm getting better. I still react, I just don't react like I. Used to how am I doing? By the way, on that, <laughs> am I am I self-deceived? At thinking I'm doing better than I really am in this regard. But I heard something, and I just it, I just I was stunned. And it was something to this effect. And it was pretty recent. And I saw it on on Fox News, and it was in this regard. Can you believe that people have the audacity to actually think that there are only two genders, male and female? I'm like, now you understand what I mean by I'm doing a lot better. See, there was a time when I didn't do so good with that. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) At first, I'm getting very convicted here, so verse 10. This is an interesting proverb. The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. What this proverb is, is teaching is that, when it really comes down to it, we really don't know what people are going through. Whether it's going through this dark anguish, this deep, painful trial. I mean, even if they wanted to try to explain to you, you would never be able to understand. I think one of the worst things we could ever say to anyone when they're going through a very difficult time is, I know how you feel. Like, you don't know how I feel. No one knows how hard this is. Only one knows, and that's the Lord. Now there's another side to this too. A stranger does not share its joy. There are sometimes too on the opposite end of this where (laughs) you don't have any idea what I'm experiencing right now. This joy that I have, this joy in the Lord, the joy of the Lord that Nehemiah 8.11 says is our strength. It is the joy of the Lord that's our strength. I was thinking about this, that, you know, when Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, what does he want to steal from us? He wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal our hope. That's what he wants to rob us of, because he knows that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and he wants to weaken us. So how's he going to weaken us? By stealing our joy, if He can steal our joy, and the joy of the Lord's our strength, then He's going to weaken us. That's why He does it. Verse 11, the house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the upright will flourish. In other words, at some point, the unrighteous, the wicked, that is built on the sand, the shifting sand, it's going to come down. It's just a matter of time. That it hasn't yet, it will. And then by contrast, the house of the upright will always flourish, and it's built on that solid foundation, and it will always prosper. Verse 12, this is a very well-known proverb, and for good reason. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death this is certainly true when it comes to eternal life. Jesus said, I am, I am, the way, not a way, the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So you might think that that path you're on is the right path, but you need to know where does it end. Now, certainly with eternal life, this is a truth of truths, that there can be this way that we're on, this path that we're on, it can certainly seem like it's the right path. But in the end, it is the way of death. It leads to death. Now let's back it up and talk about it in practical, everyday terms. I think we would do well to think through those paths that we've chosen that we're on in our lives, and ask ourselves this important question, where does this lead? How will this end? Now if you don't know find somebody that has taken a similar path. See how it ended for them. See where it led for them. And if you should have the opportunity, and the Lord should present that opportunity, I think it would be very appropriate to ask them, listen, I <laughs> uh, I notice that you chose this path. How's it working out for you? Oh my goodness. You have no idea. It was the worst decision I ever made in my. I thought it was the right decision. Oh, there's a way a decision that seems right to a man, but it turned out to be, in the end, the worst decision of my life. It almost cost me my life. Here's the thing, too, and I. This is a whole sermon unto itself. But we choose those paths, we make those decisions based on how we feel. Last time I checked, we don't live our lives by feelings, we live our lives by faith. (laughs) We walk by faith, not by sight, not by feelings, how we feel, how it looks. Oh, this looks good, this looks right, this feels right. Have you ever heard that expression? How can something that feels so good be so wrong? <laughs> Easy! <laughs> verse 13, even in laughter the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief. When I was preparing for tonight's teaching, I happened to, when I got to verse 13, I happened to look over In my office I have, you know, these screens and I have this photo frame right to the right of my computer and I have over a thousand pictures, I mean priceless pictures of my children when they were young, growing up, and they phase out, they transition every five seconds, and so there was about a 15, 20, 25 second span of like five photos of my boys when they were very young. And it brought so much joy and laughter, but then it was bittersweet because they're all grown up. And I don't think it was an accident or coincidence that the Lord would have me to look over at my photo frame at the very time that I was pondering verse 13. And I think that's what it speaks to. It's the bittersweetness. You know, there was laughter, there was joy, but then there was also sorrow. It was a bittersweet thing.
0: The words of wisdom the book of Proverbs provides weren't meant to only be applied to life in the author's time. They were also meant to benefit generations to come, including you. All ages and walks of life can benefit from this book in this modern world. Proverbs gives you practical advice for living a life that's pleasing to your creator. It also shares insight for ways to interact with others to not only show love, but to model Jesus. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from Proverbs when you join us next time on In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from Pastor J.D. at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and even download our mobile app. This is a great way to keep Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you wherever you go, and even share them with others. You'll find a link to download at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app or on our website. One more time, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in Proverbs and that you'll continue to study them on your own. Tune in next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth.